0: Welcome to prime time, bitch.
1: <laughs> Hi, everyone. That was a quote from today's movie. The lovable children's film, Finding Nemo. Wait, what? Uh, dr- uh... Wait,
2: what? Oh, I
1: got confused.
2: Oh, no. It
1: was a quote from today's movie, but it's <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Corpses are friends, not food. I picked today's movie because I love horror films. I love Halloween. It's October. It's horror movie season. This is a film I'd always heard about. Heard it was yeah. really highly regarded by the fan base of A Nightmare on Elm Street. So we watched it. Now we're going to talk about it. How are you guys doing today?
2: Um. Well, I didn't sleep well. Oh, because you had nightmares? Too, too scared. Too scared to sleep.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just not um
1: I gave me a lot of reason you not guys, to do that. You guys uh did me a good solid by humoring me. I don't know if you guys like horror movies. I'm gonna
2: wager not on the level that I do. I don't and I specifically have avoided these movies. Oh really? really? My whole life, <laughs> and only because Freddy Krueger scared the shit out of me, me as a kid, and yeah. I was like, "Well, I'm never watching those movies." Yeah,
0: same here. Never had any desire. No desire. I was like, this guy's ugly and I, off-putting.
2: Same I with like Hell. Down. Is it Hellraiser? Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah that I head. would. That's the kind <laughs> of thing I'd see a blockbuster walking down the movie and like yeah. that guy's fucking scary. I'm not watching this yeah. shit. Um, so this is the first time watching any Nightmare on Elm Street movie for me.
1: Nice. Um, what about you, Rocco?
2: Uh, I, I do not,
0: horror is not, is probably my least favorite, the kind of genre of movies. That's that's just never been my thing. Every now and then you get something really brilliant that makes it worth the, the trip, the scares. Um, but this to me, yeah, this fucker represented what I never wanted to do, which, like I said, ugly, off-putting, he's coming after you. I'm like, I'm good. And, That's like, not it's in your I'm dreams.
2: Fuck that. Like, being a little kid, <laughs> that was the scariest shit.
0: The fact that I, I, all I saw when I was a kid was that, yeah, he was already, already I didn't like, like, oh, he could, like, cut you with his fucking hand. Yeah. I didn't like, you know, stuff like that. People getting cut up was already terrifying, but I saw clips of, like, oh, he could, like, turn into stuff. It was like, oh, this guy has no rules. You know, it's like, if, you know, Jason showing up. Okay, well, he, what's he going to do? He's going to be in a hockey mask with a thing. That's it. At least you know the rules. This guy had no rules. He could turn into shit. Nah, you know. So when I was a kid, he scared me more than any of the other horror movie icons. Nice. And, uh, wow. So I never saw any of these movies, really. I don't think I've ever seen a whole one until now. I've
1: always avoided uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise because I famously... I'm famous for this. I love Friday the 13th. I love Jason. (laughs) He's my favorite. Freddy is as far from Jason as you can get. Mm -hmm. Jason wears a mask. Freddy has no mask. Jason doesn't talk. Freddy never shuts up. He's always talking. Uh, Jason comes at you when you're awake. Freddy comes at you when you're asleep. Yet this is considered a slasher movie. It's in the same genre as Halloween, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I mentioned this on the last episode. I'd only seen the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Mm. And I didn't really like it, to be honest. It's a little low budget. It's a little hokey. Um, But I've always heard that this one is better. I didn't know why people said that. I think now it's because this movie had a bigger budget and is a little Mm. bit more well-executed. Uh, But I have to say, I love 80s horror and 90s horror. There is an aesthetic to it that they have completely abandoned in modern-day horror films. I don't even know. These movies were terrifying when I was a kid. I don't even consider them really scary anymore. Right. They're just more... It's just a vibe. It's just a, a good Halloween spooky vibe. And... Yeah, watching this film, it definitely has this fantasy element of it, the dream element, uh, which I really
2: liked. Mm -hmm. Well, I realized how brilliant this whole franchise was and why there is. I mean, how many movies are there? I think there are six. Okay. It made sense to me where it's like. Plus a remake, so seven or eight. They made a villain that lives in your dreams and you can do whatever you want. In those little segments, and it makes sense. That's so fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's a great vehicle. You could do whatever you want. Yeah. So uh, it made sense to me that when I was watching it, and you're right. Like I was, I was so ready to be scared, and then when it started, I'm like, "There's no way this is gonna scare me. Like I'm, I'm an adult now. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like I'm not this little kid (laughs) at Blockbuster anymore. Yeah. This is gonna be fine. Um. And yeah, I wasn't scared at all. But I, I, I. I enjoyed it. I was watching it and I was like laughing along, you know, like, I don't know. I got the same vibe. I had never seen Friday the 13th until we lived together. And I, you bought the box set and we watched all of them. And I was like (laughs) in the same mindset. I don't want to see these movies. And then we were just laughing the whole time. We're like, this is so stupid. Like, this is dumb. And I felt the same kind of thing here.
1: Yeah. These movies are campy, which is kind of bad but in an enjoyable way, in a like charming way <laughs> you're around the campfire and you're telling a story that is so gonzo. You can't help but laugh and also be like, Oh my God, no, don't continue with this, but please let, tell me how it ends.
0: Yeah. Um, and to, to what you're saying about 80s aesthetic, uh, 80s horror movie aesthetic. Uh, I don't often get to talk about it on here. I always forget. And it's killing me. Cause I'm even thinking back to our uh, last week's Tomorrowland episode Thing I would. I wish I would have brought this up there too, but I am really into and have always loved movie soundtracks, and to me that adds so much uh, to an atmosphere. And I loved the soundtrack in Tomorrowland. Uh, uh, you know, Michael, that was Michael Giacchino. But to to this movie, I did not realize until the credit came up that uh, it has a, a, a score by. Uh, Oh my god, I'm blanking at the time, uh, but he's the same composer that worked on Twin Peaks, which built such a uh, atmosphere. A- Angelo Battalamente. I well, never know how well, to I, say. No I th- can't say. It. That's hard I to never. Say. Yeah, I never know how to say his last name. Uh, but the sound in this movie to me is like definitive '80s horror movie like aesthetic. That synthy kind of. You know what I mean? It really transports you into that that space. And he did that in Twin Peaks, too. That that same style, it really put you in a moody atmosphere and a, a really creepy kind of setting. And uh, I just love that composer, and it added so much to this movie to me.
1: Nice. So um, I want to ask you guys out the gate, this is a sequel. You guys never saw the original Mm-mm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Did that affect your viewing? Did you feel like you were missing out on anything? I, or could you enjoy this on a standalone
2: I can Experience. enjoy it on a standalone thing, but I also thought, like, oh wait, what, was this girl in the other movies? Oh, is this a is this a callback like, is this maybe a callback? And like I think I pieced it together. I don't even know the answer, honestly. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'll tell you today. I, I thought they actually did a good job making it just standalone. There were there were a couple little parts where I went it, it didn't it wasn't like I feel like oh I needed to see that. It was just I I wish I would have seen it. But it wasn't like
1: necessary. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that was. From from what I understand, Wes Craven was a psychology professor before he became a film director. And he kind of studied. That's why they call him the master of horror, because he had a degree in psychology and he knows what scares people. And he had read a story about a person who uh, was afraid to go to sleep because they felt like they were being tormented in their dreams by some sort of entity. Mm. And I think they like died of sleep deprivation. Oh, wow. And that was his inspiration to write A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, The first movie was a hit, and he never intended on making a sequel. And so the studio moved forward making a sequel without him. Oh. A lot of people regard that movie to be one of the worst films in the whole franchise. (laughs) Freddy doesn't torment people in their dreams. He's more trying to possess some kid and make this kid into a physical killer. Wes Craven, and that movie ended up making more money than the original Nightmare on Elm Street. So Wes Craven said, all right, if you're going to keep making these movies, let me come back and I'll make one. And I'll actually have it uh, adhere to what I think it should. And he intended this movie to be the final Nightmare on Elm Street film. But Mm. then this movie was such a success, it spawned all the others. I mean, it really launched the franchise. How how many are there? I don't actually know. Well, like I said, there's six, and then I think there's a a Freddy vs. Jason.
2: And there's Freddy vs.
1: Jason, so um, I think it goes up to Nightmare on Elm Street 5, and then the sixth one is called New Nightmare. Okay. Which is a very meta movie. It's yeah. about like they're trying to make a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and oh, Freddie is yeah. coming out and trying to hunt the filmmakers. Like Wes Craven oh. is in that movie. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Whoa. And then, and apparently <laughs> that movie's really good. So no kidding. maybe we'll have to check that one out someday. Wow. And then there's Freddie versus Jason and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. So mm, seven okay. or eight, depending
2: on which ones you it, count. Did you see, ever, anyone see the remake? No.
1: I, no. I never even hear about it.
2: No, I think, I think it didn't do well. Because hmm. yeah. they didn't get, get Robert England, and people are pissed about it if right? I remember correctly. Something like that. Yeah, but yeah. he's
1: old, so you got to give him a break sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, backstory in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the main girl is uh, Lori, I think. She is the older woman who comes back in this movie. So the girl who survives at the end of the first film comes back to be the dream therapist in this but movie. But she's not in the second one. The second one has nothing, nothing to, to do. do. So this oh. movie okay. this movie kind of skips the second one and just picks up right where the first one left off. Understood. Okay,
0: now that answers a question I had because watching this, she's the therapist woman. Okay, because yeah, yeah. as I'm watching it, I'm like, are they like aging her up or something? Like, this is a weird casting
1: this movie takes place six <laughs> years after the first movie. Okay. This movie came out in 1987, but actually takes place in the year
0: 1990. Okay. Oh. Yeah, because it was like, again, they were like aging her up. And I was like, "What? why didn't they just cast an older actress? I don't understand this. So that makes sense. She was already an existing character. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> clear so much up. Her out. name is Nancy. Sorry. Okay. Nancy's the main character. And then there's another main character in this movie played by none other than Patricia Arquette in her film debut hmm. this is Patricia Arquette's first film and the movie starts uh, by following her um the movie opens with Patricia Arquette in her bedroom doing a model uh, creating a model and also clearly like trying to stay awake she's like eating instant coffee and pounding a diet Coke mm-hmm. which that's a pretty good way to stay awake I would think I've never done that but also wa-
2: if you want to get really weird with it, If she falls asleep, she's gonna die. So therefore her drinking the Coke is keeping her alive. If you wanna use that theme that we've used before, that Coke saves you. All right, then
1: this is officially a shit film. (laughs) I'm just saying, if you wanna get if you wanna think about it,
2: you know, it does save her life.
1: For me, it's when a character is literally on the verge of death, like (laughs) sure. "Ah, ah," And they're like, get (laughs) up the Coke! Ah," And they pour it down their mouth, and oh, oh, thank God, thank God you had that. Delicious Coca-Cola classic on hand in the refrigerator. <laughs> but you're right. She does drink Diet Coke. Uh, Diet Coke is all throughout this movie, so it's clearly product placement. There's also clear product placement by Budweiser and Marlboro cigarettes. Mm-hmm. The, oh. You know, the 80s, they were pretty Good shameless stuff. with it. Um, Her name is Kristen Parker, Patricia Arquette's character, and the movie opens with her. Actually, she does fall asleep, and Freddy Krueger haunts her nightmares um the first i mean right away when they go into the dream sequence it sets the tone for this film and what the dream sequences are going to be which is very like surreal creepy fantasy set pieces Mm -hmm. she falls asleep in her bed and we have a close-up of her and then it pulls out and the bed is in front of the real life version of the house that she was making the model of. And it's all in like this spooky slow motion. And these
2: kids are playing jump rope and they're jumping in slow motion. They're singing a nursery rhyme that they're making up or something.
1: Yeah, that's actually the the famous nursery rhyme from the first movie. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock the door. Five, six, get your crucifix. Seven, eight, gonna stay up late. Nine ten, never sleep again. Gotcha. Mm. That's right, I'm a fan. I know the nursery rhyme. Uh, She goes into the house. Freddy Krueger attacks her. And one thing that this movie has going for it is it kind of hits all these classic things that you may have actually experienced in a real nightmare. So Freddy Krueger starts chasing her through the house and she's running and she's running, but then her feet go through the floor and the floorboards are like turning into mud and she's just getting stuck in it. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's like, that does seem like a stupid fucked up dream. Mm -hmm. You know, she walks through a door and the door closes and suddenly it's not the door she went through. It's a different door. She's in a new house. Yeah. Um, uh, it's hard to describe the Freddy Krueger dream sequences because they're so surreal. Yeah. yeah. I, and there's so many optical illusions
2: and camera tricks and just playing it, with your expectation. It really gives me off the impression of walking through a haunted house where it's like every room is something different that maybe doesn't connect to the last room you walked to, but it's just all scary. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to try to fuck you up in some scary way, but maybe it doesn't make sense all the way, but it doesn't need to. Yeah.
1: Um, and then they do they do this all the time in the movie, where you think the dream ends, and oh, you wake up and you're back in your house, you're like, oh, that was crazy. And you go to the bathroom or something, and then the dream, you're still in the dream!
2: And you're still being chased by Freddy Krueger! Which I wondered, like, that's been done a thousand times, but this is such an old movie, is this one of the first times to do that? Like Maybe that was like mind blowing in this movie. I don't know. Um, I feel like
1: the dream within a dream trope has been around forever, but this movie, you just never know when you're dreaming and when you're not. Mm -hmm. Um, so they use it very effectively in these movies. Freddy Krueger attacks Kristen in this dream within a dream and ends up trying to slit her wrists. Her mom comes and finds her and wakes her up. And this part was confusing to me because she's actually holding a razor And her mom thinks that it was a suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's to imply that Freddy Krueger can, through your dreams, manipulate you. Perhaps you're sleepwalking and he can make you do things that you otherwise wouldn't normally do in your real life. But also as the movie goes on, I guess as Freddy gets stronger, he can control people even after they do wake up. I don't know. Mm. This is a horror movie. But anyways... (laughs) Her mom thinks it's a suicide attempt. So she sends her to a home for troubled youth. It's basically like an insane asylum for teenagers. And this is where the uh, real core of the movie takes place and where the most of the movie takes place is uh, when Kristen goes to this insane asylum, she meets all these other kids that are also being tormented by dreams of Freddy Krueger. And there's a therapist there trying to find out why these kids are having these bad dreams. I'm not sure if these kids are all suicidal or what. I know in an original draft, that is that was what was happening. No, oh, okay. mm-hmm. Um, But you get to meet Lawrence Fishburne.
2: Oh, wait, I got a picture of him. Larry, Larry Fishburne. I love that he was credited as Larry.
1: Larry Fishburne. And you find out that, there he is. Oh, um, like we already mentioned, Nancy from the first movie is now a dream specialist a dream therapist because of her experience with freddie krueger she's become obsessed with dreams and she wants to help other kids who are also being tormented by freddie krueger hmm. um yeah what did you guys think about the movie up until this point
2: um i was all <laughs> the name dream warriors is so lame that i was in <laughs> i was already excited and when like the graphic, opening graphic, Dream Warriors, I was like, all right, fuck yeah. <laughs> this is going to rule. Yeah, it has a good font. It did. And it, it was just a good effect. I don't know. And it's like, I lo- I do love horror movies in this age because there is no computer graphics for the most yeah. part. It's just effects. And then I just, maybe it's because we've worked on this stuff for so long. I was like, how would Garrett do this? And I was looking at it with that yeah. mindset. That, like, yeah, by this point, I was all the way in. And I I figured out that girl probably was in the first movie at this point, and I was just excited to see where we were going to go.
1: Yeah, this movie's all practical effects. There is no CGI in it. Um, there was once. I don't even know if that was actual CGI.
2: The balls? I'm thinking of, like, when he's, like, doing, like, the... What are those five balls, and you let go of one, and then when it the hits, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that was like a green screen effect. Oh, because they all start floating in the air. I'm like, okay, this is the one time they've used computers that I've seen. Either either green screen or, or uh, cell animation. Okay, maybe yeah. that's what it was. Because yeah, they did. Those were not computer generated. But anyways,
2: it's all practical. But
0: yeah, it was the peak of of that, like of practical effects. I mean, I feel similarly about The Thing, like. The '80s is where they really maximized the physical effect. You know, it was before computers had reared their head, kind of in a in a mainstream way, and um, so you really had some of the most creative uses. I really of,
2: feel like if Mega sixty four was to ever make a horror movie, I think we would have no computer effects. Like, cause it's <laughs> it's funner to do watch it this way. We're gonna edit. We're
0: not gonna use digital anything.
2: No, no computers to edit. Just use it on film. Cut yeah. it up.
0: Let's do it.
1: Yeah. That's the way that's the that's the best way to go. Yeah. Um so Kristen is in this mental hospital. Uh Lawrence Fishburne is the orderly. This guy, is, the other guy here is Dr. Gordon. He's like the main doctor looking over all the kids who are suffering from these nightmares. There's another doctor who's like an older woman, Dr. Gordon's boss. And then Nancy is like the young hotshot that everybody is really skeptical like, "Oh, this person wants to come in here with an experimental drug and treat these kids. Yeah, not on our watch. Nancy shows up. She's really nice. And we get to meet all the other kids who are here in uh, this mental hospital. I don't remember all their names, but there's like a dude in a wheelchair. Yeah. There's a girl. She's a drug addict. There's another girl who wants to be a television star. What I love about all of these characters is that they give them all a want, a desire, something that they're pursuing in life or trying to escape in the case of the girl who's addicted to drugs. That will later come into play in the way that Freddy torments them through their nightmares. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a kid who can't talk uh, and it's implied that he was traumatized by one of his encounters with Freddy Krueger and he's no longer able to speak. He, at a certain point in the movie, is is attacked by Freddy Krueger uh, who spits out these, like, tongue slugs that tie the kid up, and then he makes a comment like, What's wrong? Tongue-tied? And it's like, oh, all of these <laughs> way you torture these kids are tied into their shortcomings or their desires, mm. which I thought was pretty smart and pretty, yeah. pretty uh, good writing on the yeah. part of Wes Craven and the other person who helped write this movie.
2: Yeah, what? and it's fucking cheesy, too. Like, all those lines are so cheesy, but I you, you kind of eat it up in this instance. I don't like, you don't get mad at it. It's like, it's stupid. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Wasn't one of the writers on this Frank Darabont. I think this is like his first. Whoa. Screenwriting credit or something. This like is that. Frank
1: Darabont's first screenwriting credit. That's the guy who made the green mile. Yeah. And wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: started uh walking dead and was kicked off of it. But, but yeah, uh, there you go. big movie writer. And uh, I was surprised. I thought I saw his credit on here.
1: Yeah, Totally. And, um, shoot, what else was I going to say? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, anything else you guys want to add to this uh, part?
2: No. I like how they um, they early on kind of hint that everyone has, like, dream powers. All one, all these kids have something special they can do in their dream and make it so they're the dream warriors. But, like, I like the idea that uh, Patricia Arquette, I forget her name, could dream and pull people into her dream and so they all could be there together Yeah, was yeah. like instantly it's like I had the sense of like the matrix, even though, you know, Lawrence Fishburne is in this, but it's like, yeah, you're all going into the matrix to solve this problem. Although you're all like sleeping on the outside right here. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what happens is, um, pretty early on in her stay in the mental hospital, Kristen has another dream where she's attacked by Freddy Krueger. And in the course of having this dream, Nancy falls asleep and has the same dream. Kristen is able to pull Nancy into the Freddy Krueger dream. In this dream, Freddy Krueger basically turns into a giant penis-like looking worm, and he starts to swallow Kristen. Yeah, look at that. I mean, that doesn't even really do it justice. No, it doesn't. You have to watch it. I read that when they made this giant worm, it looked so much like a penis, they had to cover it in green slime. (laughs) <laughs> this looks like it was before they did that.
2: Yeah, you're right. right. Look yeah. at that. Uh, That's I, a,
1: this is like a publicity photo because look yeah. at Patricia Arquette. Look,
0: zoom in yeah. on her face. <laughs> yeah. Wait. I read that too. Oh, Freddie. Classic Freddie. I read that too that they did that like an hour before they rolled camera. Oh, because like, they're like, this is fucked like, up. It just okay, looks like just, a giant just, dick.
2: Yeah, quick. Just paint it green. Oh, my yeah. God. Didn't, you're right. Look at that. Whoa. I mean, I'm in the way. Right? No, but that, yeah.
1: That's something. The giant dick swallows her up, uh, Resident Evil 8 style, baby style. (laughs) But she's able to pull Nancy into her dream, and Nancy picks up a shard of glass and stabs the thing and is able to help Kristen escape. And so pretty early on in the movie, they set up that, yeah, like you said, Kristen can pull people into the dreams, and that can be used to help fight Freddy Krueger. One of the things I love about this movie, it's short it doesn't waste any time. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like it goes by too fast. And a modern day movie would milk <laughs> a lot of these things. Yeah. Uh there would be three scenes instead of like the one scene that we get in this movie. But I think that's great when you're doing a horror movie. Like keep it moving along. Like, uh, just get to the action. I think this movie really just focuses on trying to be as entertaining as possible. Yeah. Um, so what happens is Nancy. Kind of starts bonding with the other guy, Dr. Gordon, and tells him that, you know, I've experienced Freddy Krueger before, and I think that we should use this drug that suppresses people's dreams. And he's like, no, he doesn't want to hear it, right? It's a classic horror movie. You're You're telling me everything that we're going to believe by the end of the movie, Right. but all the authoritative figures are telling you you're crazy.
2: And I love that, too, when it's like all these kids are having the same problem and saying the same thing, and you're like, you're all crazy, I'm not listening to any of this where it's like, I don't know. They're all saying the same thing. That's pretty, what are the odds of that happening lady? This is all just stress
1: induced mass hysteria. Well, we all dream that the same guy was trying to kill us before we ever met each other. Ah, that's why you're in therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Mm -hmm. Freddy Krueger goes after this other kid who, um, likes to make puppets. That's his gimmick. And what Freddy does is he, and, and this is super gory. So Barry. I'm sorry if you're if you're squeamish, you may not want to watch this movie or listen to this episode. But he cuts open this kid's limbs and pulls the tendons out and yeah. uses those Ooh. to turn this kid into a walking marionette.
2: This yeah. is the one part that Jenny saw when I was watching this. And, and she, she walked out. Yeah. She's like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. And she was like mad. <laughs> it's funny.
0: Um, You know, I used to be really sensitive to like gore in movies and I was just like, oh, you know, all the time. And then honestly, <laughs> we met Garrett. Yeah. And from that point on, I was like, "All right, every movie has their Garrett. They <laughs> have one guy <laughs> putting all this together. It, you know what I mean?" So it doesn't didn't faze me anymore. But you know, this still made me wince It was during gross. this movie. It was it's like, gross. ugh, God, God. stuff with tendons and stuff. I'm like, ah, I'm good. Yeah, it's it's body <laughs> horror
1: at its finest. You mm. watch it and you can't help but cringe and be like, this is fucking painful yeah um but the kids is sleepwalking and it's funny because he's sleepwalking in the real world as if he's being puppeted like uh and it cuts back and forth between like people watching him sleepwalking and then him in his nightmare where he's being led around by his tendons he loves puppets and he's being puppeted oh the irony Freddy leads him to the top of a uh, bell tower or some. I sh- don't why, know how we
2: got there. Why so
1: is there a tower in this kid's mental asylum?
2: Also, why has no one noticed that this kid went up to the bike? He's like going past all these people and no one seems to know or care that this kid is walking through.
1: Yeah. And of course, the one kid who does see him, the two kids are the kid in a wheelchair and the kid who can't talk. Mm-hmm. And it's the kid who can't talk who runs to try to get help um they can't really get help they gather up all the other teens and watching a window they see this kid at the top of the tower and Freddy, who is puppeteering him cuts the strings with his knife fingers and the kid Oof. goes plummeting to his death
2: yeah i want to say real quick they before this even really started freddie krueger becomes one of his dolls and it's so fucking goofy like the the doll's, like, face slowly morphs into Freddy's, and it's like, and then, like, it comes down, and it's, like, it's so silly, which is, like, you're laughing, and then you're so disgusted with the tendons thing, so, like, it really gets you from every end here. <laughs> like, you don't know uh, what Yeah, to
0: think. yeah. I, I love, uh, again, like, this is the peak of analog effects, in, <laughs> and uh, I love the use of stop motion when he becomes that little puppet thing walking around. Like, I, I, I love that stuff. That I I have a soft spot for that.
1: Yeah. Um, this was definitely the movie that solidified Freddy Krueger as like a comedic villain. Mm-hmm. He has one-liners, and he really traffics in high levels of irony. Mm-hmm. Like, if you like something, he's going to use that to kill you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that was really something that became very evident in this movie and was carried on in the subsequent films. Also... This is the first movie where they call him Freddy Krueger. Oh. In all the other yeah. movies, he was Fred Krueger. Oh, weird. So this is where you get the the final form of Freddy.
0: And then one after this, they just call him Steve. And it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, that's weird. So it's a weird, this is a weird movie.
1: Um, so that's the first death in the film. The kid who likes puppets gets puppeteered to jumping out of a building. Um, and from that point on. The mental asylum is put on lockdown. Like at night, they're going to be locked in their rooms. Brilliant. Yeah. Why weren't they doing that to begin with? Okay. So we get to the next kill sequence. Um, And there is some story here, we should say. Like Nancy, she was in the first movie. All her friends are dead. Her mom has passed away, which may or may not have happened at the end of the first film. It's kind of left up for debate. And we know that her father, she doesn't talk to her father. Her father was the chief of police in the first movie. He comes back into this film later on. And she's bonding with Dr. Gordon. I guess there was a version of the script where she, like,
2: hooks up with Dr. Gordon. You could tell that that was a thing. I think they cut the sex scene out. Because there was a scene, and they're, like, eating dinner at one of their apartments. And, like, there's, like, a fireplace in the background, and they're so close to each other. I'm, like, and then they cut away from that. I'm, like, Yeah, and they're, like, they uh, definitely fucked at some point. They're, like, I think
1: it's time we start working together yeah yeah hard cut to the next day at work so uh we have a plan and yeah. I was like yeah you talked about this in bed after you booked
2: yeah it was oh. it was so clear that that was where it was going and then it just didn't go there so yeah that's funny to hear that that was cut <laughs>
1: yeah but don't worry there are boobs in this uh movie just like all great slasher films mm-hmm. we'll get to that a little later oh okay uh, i
0: had something to say about that but we'll you know when the
1: time comes we're all we're almost there don't okay. worry yeah So the second kill has to do with the girl who wants to be a TV star. She's watching TV late at night and Lawrence Fishman like, bedtime. And she's like, I don't want to go to sleep. What do you, you know, can I stay up? I'm doing research for my career by watching TV. And he's like, all right, I'll give you a few more minutes, but don't tell anybody. And he leaves her alone in the TV room and she's watching it and she's like nodding off. And again, this movie does something great where she closes her eyes for half a second and she opens them back up. And now she's in the dream, but we don't know that as the audience. Yeah. It happens so quickly. Yeah, she's watching the Dick Cavett show, mm-hmm. and I actually thought this was legitimately creepy. Yeah, I was just gonna
0: say this is one of my favorite uh, like details or more parts. Dick, Dick
1: Cavett's interviewing uh, Zsa Gabor. Zsa Gabor. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, did you hear the story behind that? No. Apparently, they let Dick Cavett. Uh, uh, let me say what happens and then I'll get back to the story. Yeah, He's interviewing George Gabor and then he's, he says something like, oh, well, I just have one final question for you, I guess. And then in a split second, it's Freddy Krueger. Who the fuck cares what you think? And he slashes her in the face and the TV yeah. turns off. And it was like such a, oh my yeah. God, what,
0: it, what, it felt like a violation kind of, that was a well done moment.
1: It was very nightmarish. Yeah. Uh, kudos to them. What I was gonna say is Dick Cavett apparently was allowed to pick whoever he wanted to be his guest.
2: Yeah. Oh, for this part of. For the... this
1: part, and he famously hated Jaja Gabor Oh. because <laughs> he, he thought she was the stupidest person he ever met oh, in his life. I didn't so know that. So he's like, "Oh, I get to I get to pick somebody to have their face slashed off. Oh, I have the perfect person. <laughs> what uh, the fuck? I did not That's know that. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So he handpicked Jaja for this role.
0: I, I just thought it was so wicked that they got a second like it like it it's Dick Cavett and then it uh, suddenly transitions into Freddy Krueger, but they got just a second of Dick Cavett going uh what does he actually say here? I can't remember. No, yeah. I think it's like like, like yeah, no one gives a, fuck, no one gives a or... fuck Yeah, they got Dick Cavett going "No one gives a fuck." And then right there they cut into Freddy saying it, but it's like for a second you got Dick Cavett acting fucking wild like that felt like wrong to me. Like yeah. That's that's not how Dick, Cav- Dick Cavett was like a famous host, you know, famous interviewer. And to see him act like that for like a second was like, ew. Yeah,
2: was, yeah. That, that was, was well cool. done. That was, that was cool. very this well done. This whole scene yeah. was very cool. Yes. I thought. Yeah, I agree. So
1: the TV turns off and this girl is confused. Yeah, I mean, it was just a split second of Freddy. Like, it was blinking. You miss it. It was really well done. Yeah. She gets up. She kind of TVs mounted on the wall and she approaches it. It's one of those old 80s box TVs mounted on the wall. And as she gets close to it, not only does it like it clicks on and it's being fuzzy, but it like immediately grows these strange electronic wire arm Mm -hmm. arms. The TV grabs her, lifts her up to the air, and Freddy's head comes protruding out of the top of the TV, still with the TV antennas on, kind of like a bug. And he busts some one-liners. Oh, you want to be a TV star? Welcome to prime time, bitch. I said it twice in this episode because that's gone down to probably be the most iconic line Freddy Krueger has said in any of the movies. (laughs) He smashes her head into the TV and Lawrence Fishburne comes in. And this is how he discovers her. Just hanging with her face in the TV. And it just hangs on that.
2: That shot. Is so fucking wild. Yeah. That that was like, damn, that's a cool shot. Yeah, that was a good shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, very horrific. That was when this movie was like, dang, this is like a good horror movie. <laughs> just <laughs> you know, it's not a jump scare, it's just an unsettling image yeah. that just kind of stays with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at this point, two children have died. And Dr. Gordon and Nancy—they know something's up. Dr. Gordon is getting closer to Nancy, and he says, "All right, you know stuff. You know about Freddy Krueger, whoever this guy is. Um, let's 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 do things your way." And so they call a group meeting with the kids, and Nancy basically tells the children the story of Freddy Krueger. If anybody at home doesn't know the story of Freddy Krueger, here it is: Freddy Krueger was a child murderer who hunted the children who lived in the neighborhoods on and around Elm Street. He killed a lot of kids. The parents tried to... They got him arrested. They put him on trial. But for some reason, he got off the hook on a technicality. So the parents did mob justice... They went they found Freddy one night. They locked him in a boiler room. They set the boiler room on fire, and they killed him.
2: And Is this in the first movie, or is
1: They talk yeah. about this in the first they movie. They talk about it, but you don't so see So that's this. not
2: the plot of the first movie. It's just something no. that's brought up. Okay.
1: So again, oh. in the first movie, the first movie is just like this. This stuff is happening, and people don't know why. Oh, Nancy finds out okay. from her parents, like, okay, we know who Freddy Krueger is, mm-hmm. and this is what happened to him. Okay. So because the parents killed him, by the way, The Simpsons parodied this on Treehouse of Horror. Yes. Yeah. Um, but in in that one, Homer was just uh, cold and turned the furnace up even though there was a note that said it was broken. Don't touch it,
2: and he ended up frying groundskeeper Willie. Uh-huh. And that was the scariest episode of *Trials of Horror*. Huh. That it, it really was. Episode scared the shit yeah. out of me as a kid. It
1: takes a lot from it. Takes every, It's just a parody. Yeah, because groundskeeper Ground Willie
2: becomes Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah I don't know. If, I don't know. If oh, it's that. fucking scary. Hmm. <laughs> it's scary.
1: Um, so Freddy Krueger in, in order to get his revenge against mob justice starts, you know, he basically says, I'm still going to kill your children, but in a place where you can't protect them in their dreams. And he starts haunting their dreams. Mm -hmm. Nancy tells the, the kids in this insane asylum. That's the story of Freddy Krueger and you, everybody in this room, you are the last remaining children of those parents. You are the last children of Elm street. Freddy Krueger's coming for all the descendants of the people who killed him, and you're the only ones who are left. So they decide, they talk about how Kristen has the power to pull people in to dreams with her, like, lucid dreaming ability. So they're like, we're going to do a group hypnosis session. We're going to put all of us to sleep at once, and then we're Kristen's going to pull us into a dream. We're going to see what happens. Uh, this group hypnosis session was... Almost made me, like, trip out. They had this, like, pendulum that kept flashing a light, and I was like, this is making me feel psychotic. <laughs> but, uh, again, they think the session does not work when actually it does. And they're like, oh, it didn't work. All right, let's all go our separate ways. And the kid who can't talk goes down the hall and some nurse is there, and she's like, what's up? Check. Come in. over Come <laughs> here. I want to talk to you about something. And she brings him in the room, and she's like, oh, I basically love you. I think you're so hot. Your voice is very sexy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it feels uh, good to hear it. You know. Here we go, Rocco. She takes her shirt off. What yeah. do you want to say about her boobs?
0: Uh, I would just want to say congratulations, because uh, in 2009, uh, Arrow in the Head, very famous horror website, they put in the work, did the research, and through a series of tests and uh polls uh they concluded that uh the nurses boobs are number 4 on the list of top 10 boobs in horror movies. Wow. Nice. So we're talking these are top 5.
1: What's number 1?
0: I I I don't know. Guy. Oh, this would like just has a, a list of awards. The Shining a list of awards. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to find out. You guys keep
1: you Blair know, Witch Project, The Witch, on, but
0: I'm going to get I'm going to get to the bottom of that. What would it Well, I'm trying to
2: think of what it could be. Well, I don't know mm. horror movies that well, so I really won't be able to tell yeah. you.
1: I can't think of another horror movie that has boobs in it, so yeah, I f- don't know. I'll find out. Uh, so this kid starts making out with this nurse. I was watching this with uh, my girlfriend, and she was like, this must have been uncomfortable to film. <laughs> Yeah, probably. This is like an adult woman making out with a teenager. I didn't even. I didn't even think about. That. Yeah, but, but like,
0: hey, the movie's good. I was thinking like, oh, whatever, this is a dream. Why, you idiot? I was thinking like, this? yo, that kid was
2: stoked <laughs> <laughs> or terrified. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But this like this like ha- pretty much naked woman on top of him making out with him. I don't know. Would you <laughs> be stoked? <laughs> no. Well, like you're on set. You're if I'm like 17 or 18. You, <laughs> come on, realistically. I think realistically, I'm terrified and stoked at the same time. I think probably. <laughs>
1: oh, they're going to film my first time. <laughs> oh, what's my job? Oh, man. The nurse is Freddy Krueger. I read Aww. they were going to do uh, a scene where they keep the boobs out, but just have Freddy Krueger's face. And they actually <laughs> yeah. like film this. And they were like, Freddy Krueger with tits is not scary. It's the opposite of scary, it's just wrong. No. They, I'm,
0: I'm sorry. You say they actually filmed that?
1: Apparently they did.
0: Oh, okay. Because I was, it's so funny. I was waiting for that
2: to happen. Me too. too. Yeah. But I mean, him with, and TV antennas, his head is wrong. Or him as the doll was stupid too. Like, I think it's all stupid. Like, I don't know why that's the line.
1: Hey, they just said it like, to, it broke the movie. They're like, enough. this takes you out of it. All right. Uh, yeah. So I instead she kind of like is replaced by Freddy Krueger. Um, and as I mentioned, when she's in nurse mode, she spits out her tongue. Um, and it's like this weird tongue snake thing, and it ties this kid to the bed. He gets tongue-tied. He gets tongue-tied to the bed, and then in a weird classic Nightmare on Elm Street dream sequence, the bed mattress falls infinitely down from below him, turning into a pit, like a hellish pit that he is suspended above, being roasted over like these flames from hell. This is what happens in his dream, and the old nurse... Dr. Gordon's boss that I mentioned at the beginning of this review, she kind of comes into the group session. She finds everybody asleep and she wakes them all up, ruining the group session. But the kid who's tongue tied cannot be woken up and he is now in a coma.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rocco, did you find it? You you put your phone like you like discovered. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want I mean I don't want to derail from this? Well, this is not movie, a derailment. Yeah, this is, this is important. Do you want
0: to know what what boobs are above that one? Number one. As yeah. opposed to the boobs above this kid.
1: I only want to go better than number four. Yeah. So let's do top three boobs in okay. horror films.
0: Uh which by the way, they're reasoning. They have like paragraphs for stuff, but number three is one sentence and it's cracking me up. Number three, Debbie Sue Voorhees. In Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Do you know what number that is in the series? Uh, I think that's number five. Something like that, A New Beginning. Mm. I just love their reasoning. Giant, perky, and awesome. What more do you want? <laughs> Great. Wow. okay. Like, they have, like, whole paragraphs for all of them except that one. Okay. Number two, uh, Juliana giles Gw- Gwil- Boobs in Friday the Thirteenth,
1: 2009. Wow, the remake. That movie is famously panned, right? Uh, my friend is actually in that movie. My mm. friend Ryan starred uh, as oh, one of no the victims. Kidding. Yeah, he did CYT with us back in the day. But oh. uh, okay, the 2000. I don't even remember the boobs in that movie. What's the reasoning on that? Uh, let's see. 2009, here. better than the
0: 80s. Uh, we got, yeah, they, they you know, they kind of diss the movie, but there's lots of uh, delicious nakedness to make up for it. This is a 2009 article, by uh, <laughs> You
2: can, t- hey, you can tell.
0: they delicious. delicious. Apparently, this they just say this girl's really hot.
2: Okay. And, oh, it ends with your. I thought
1: it'd be a little bit more academic. It ends with than your that.
2: welcome. Yeah. This, I'm trying to think. This is a pervy, and gross list. The
1: number one. <laughs> Boobies in a horror film are Anna Fal-ki- Falchi. Anna Dr. Fauci's Kid. cousin.
0: Yeah, no Anna, Anna uh boobs in Cemetery Man.
1: Cemetery Man. I've seen Cemetery Man, but I don't remember the boobs in it. Well, this is
0: great. He says I even uh, heard of Cemetery uh, Man. Says, this is the kind of woman that seeing her in person could easily lead to a Raiders of the Lost Ark type physical meltdown, and this movie. Re- absolutely recognizes that fact okay well
2: i now we hey, know
1: hey i'm sorry i think these guys were horny yeah, when they wrote Dude, it, just now occurred to I me. I just figured it out two seconds
2: ago. Yeah. They're probably that 17-year-old boy who had a make out with that woman. Like that's who wrote this article. Cemetery Man he, is a movie about a guy who works in a cemetery, and he
1: knows everybody who gets buried in the cemetery comes back as a zombie, and it's oh, his, his his job. i never heard of this. It's his job to put them back in the grave. Oh, okay. When they Dang. eventually come back.
0: Well, apparently. Well, maybe. Maybe does he get thwarted by these nice boobs and he's like well i'm not gonna bury you
1: i don't remember i think he like i might those. be making this up because i saw this movie when i was like in high school but i think a person dies that he's like in love with oh. so when they come back he's like well i don't want to put you back in the grave or something like that
0: i think the line is i don't want to bury you but i want to bury myself in those oh my god isn't that what I don't, I, I, I don't that's no, I've no.
1: Only, I I I haven't seen the whole thing. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a Rocco quote. Jesus Christ. So. That's not.
0: It's a Cemetery Man quote. Theoretically, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen it. Maybe I haven't seen it. All right, I'm not going to talk about any more movies I haven't seen. Okay. So I'm done. Thank you.
1: Thank you. This movie moves very quickly. I love it because at this point we're basically moving into the conclusion here. Um, Nancy and Doctor Gordon are fired because they were doing experimental treatments with the children, and two children have died, and one of, in them, a coma. one of them yeah. is in a coma. That's a problem. And so the, the head nurse is like, get the fuck out of here. Um, and they, oh, by the way, side plot. Mm. Dr. Gordon has been seeing a ghost walking around the insane asylum. Oh, yeah. A yeah mysterious yeah, yeah. woman in white, an old nun. And when they get fired, He sees the old nun up in that tower that the kid jumped from, and he goes up there, and he talks to her. He's also seen her at, like, the funerals of the children. He's seen her all around. It's pretty clear that she's a ghost, but he doesn't put that together. And he talks to her, and she gives him the backstory, some more backstory on Freddy Krueger. We know how he died, but now we learn how he was born, which which is a wholesome story. It
2: seriously was so fucked up (laughs) that I was just like, yo, like, Hey. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, uh, was, I I never knew this was I never knew this was I was having story. like some good old fun watching this movie but this is fucked up. Like oh, I know man. you're trying to be fucked up but this is fucked up. Hey, t-
1: Freddy Krueger, take it easy. Yo, take, uh, take it easy, please. The story is Freddy's mom worked in this insane asylum but on a certain like vacation weekend
2: when everybody left the, I they have the insane to just leave the inmates by themselves. Yeah, like, it's holidays, guys. Good they, luck. They had a <laughs> holiday
1: weekend where everybody who worked in the insane asylum left the insane asylum was, and just left the inmates by themselves. It
0: was Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it was. A, yeah, it was good.
1: And one girl who worked at the insane asylum was left behind and got trapped in here with the inmates. Was raped hundreds of times by these crazy inmates. And became pregnant with Freddy Krueger, who is quote the bastard of a hundred psychos.
2: Yeah, so yeah. you could have thought of a better way because that was I didn't like that. But it's it's <laughs> it's. I mean, what? No, you think Freddy Krueger had a happy childhood? I, mean, I like, guess. I guess not. But that was like, yo, this is, this is a dark movie. But this is whole another level of dark. Well, yeah, maybe this
1: will. Uh, maybe this will make you laugh. So. Oh. Freddy Krueger is the name of a bully that Wes Craven hated when he was in school. Yeah, that, that's
2: right. Whoa. So to, remember,
1: to, to say that, that. Freddie Krueger's mom was raped by a hundred psychos and Freddie yeah. is the bastard of a hundred psychos, Yikes. that is long-term payback. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> For the bully that fucked with Wes when they were kids.
2: <laughs> I didn't realize that Freddy Krueger was a real person. That's hilarious. Yeah.
1: So let that sink in.
2: Maybe that has a little
1: context to why the story's so that's fucked so up. So
2: fucking funny. That now Freddy Krueger is forever famous because... Oh, that's great. That's yeah. hilarious.
1: Um, and so the ghost tells the Gordon and Nancy, the doctors, that Freddy will continue to grow in strength as he collects the souls of these children. And the only way to stop him is to find his remains and properly lay them to rest, mm-hmm. you know, because he was murdered brutally and he's getting revenge for the way he was murdered. And you have to give him like a proper burial to end this madness. So they go, um, to find Nancy's father, the police chief from the first movie, because he's the only one who knows where Freddy Krueger's is buried. And over a course of some discussions and some, you know, typical horror movie, I'm not going to help you. Oh, wait, I am. They end up going to look for Freddy Krueger's remains. Um, Dr. Gordon and the father go to look for Freddy Krueger while Nancy sneaks back to the insane asylum because she's worried that the children are going to all be killed by Freddy Krueger if they don't have help. And she wants to have one more mass hypnosis sleep session to try to save the kid who is in a coma mm. because it is clear he is being tortured by Freddy Krueger. There's a scene where she's sitting by his bed and his chest is exposed and like a message is cut onto his chest from inside the dream world yeah. and it manifests in the real world. What did it say like I've got I've got him bitch or something yeah. like that. Freddy Krueger loves calling people a bitch. He really yeah. does. He really does. So this is kind of the climax the climactic scene of the movie. This is where the dream warriors go to fight Freddy Krueger, the Four or five remaining dream warriors go in while, uh, Dr. Gordon and the police chief go to find Freddy's remains. So there's a girl who's a drug addict. And when they all have the mass hysteria, uh, not the mass hysteria, the group dream, they have like their perfect dream version of themselves. The kid in the wheelchair can now walk. And the girl who's a drug addict, she's like super fly, you know? She's got like a mohawk and she's dressed in leather and she's like, in my dreams, I'm beautiful. <laughs> Psh, two switchblades and bad, Yeah. which was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, Freddy Krueger kind of isolates the dream warriors in this climactic battle and he starts taking them out one by one. The kid who can't walk, he gets chased down by this like demonic knife-covered wheelchair that runs yeah, him down. Yeah. The girl who's bad and beautiful she gets into like a knife fight with freddy krueger mm-hmm. but he wins the fight and he turns his hand instead of knives for fingers it's syringes full of drugs and he like sticks it into her veins and causes her to od yeah fucked up it's fucked up man uh, but as the dream warriors go on they start working together they find the kid who is captive they release him, and then there's a final climactic battle with Freddy Krueger. At the same time, this is happening out in the real world. They find Freddy's remains, which is just a burnt up skeleton, which comes back to life. Hilariously, and, and the skeleton yeah. kills the police chief. Dad, it's like Jason and the Argonauts.
0: I was just gonna say that's uh, Jason and the Argonauts was always like a hugely. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about inspirational, but like that really was like, I love the effects in that movie that they were fighting these stop motion skeletons. And so to see that show up, that had to be some some film nerd on the cast was like or on the crew was like, yeah, we get to do that.
2: Okay. <laughs> there was also a part that you kind of skipped over that I was laughing so hard at when the kid in the wheelchair his power is that he's a wizard or some shit. And yeah, he's he, a DD and uh, d DM, yeah. He turns, he becomes, like, the wizard version of himself and, like, explodes this wheelchair thing and, like, is, like, flying towards Freddy Krueger and it's so fucking goofy. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, Palpatine with, like, green lightning. Yeah. It, it was just, like, I was eating that shit up. I, that was so funny. <laughs> and then there was a part right after that where I think she stabs Freddy Krueger with, like, a pipe. Yeah. And he pulls it out. That was good. Good. I, I don't know how they did that effect. It looked really good, but then he fucking licks the pipe, and I was like, holy shit, Lord of the Rings did that. Like, that is Lord of the Rings. He gets stabbed, pulls out his own knife out of him, and licks the knife. Oh, my God. It's an homage to this movie. So, And obviously, wow. Peter Jackson was like a horror person, right? What movie, did he, what movie did he do? It could be. He did Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Which uh, And
1: he also did Meet the Feebles yeah. and The Frighteners. He has a long history of horror films. And The Hobbit. uh, Which is truly scary. Trilogy. How bad it was. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. The dream sequences are kind of, they're campy in a way where it's like, yeah, these teenagers get very teenage superpowers. This is a movie for teenagers of the 80s and people who love uh, 80s horror films. Hey, guess what? The movie ends and they beat Freddy. Uh, Doctor is able to beat the skeleton, bury it, cover it with holy water, and in the dream this kind of affects Freddy where he where the water hits him, he's like scalded and burned by this bright light, and eventually he is defeated, but not before he stabs Nancy. And the rule is in this world if you die in your dreams, you die in real life. Much so, like the
2: Matrix, just like the
1: Matrix, they stole it from this movie. So Nancy is killed, but the remaining teenagers survive and presumably they're cured. This was supposed to be the final Friday the 3rd, or sorry. You could tell. Nightmare on Elm Street. This mix titles this, up all the time. This
2: wrapped <laughs> it up, I thought.
1: And I heard that there was a deleted scene that recontextualized the ending. So at the end of the movie, um, I think it's one of the kids goes to sleep, and there's a little house that's a replica of Freddy Krueger's house. Mm-hmm. And right before the movie end, the light turns on mm-hmm. in in the tiny replica house. And it's almost implied like, oh, maybe Freddy Krueger isn't all the way gone. Mm -hmm. But how it was originally supposed to be was Nancy dies, but comes to visit the girl in a dream and basically says like, I will be in your dreams whenever you need me. Like, I'll be your guardian angel. And she's like, oh, okay. And she goes to sleep and the light turns on and it's implied that that's Nancy in there. Oh, so that's yeah. how it was
0: originally like, like supposed, supposed to be. Like she's protected. Yeah, she's I'm your guardian. I'm your, I'm your, I'm like, your guardian yeah. I'll keep
2: the light on for oh, you. Don't worry. That's interesting. But they changed it. So it's not
1: Nancy. It's, it's a, Freddy.
2: It was a wholesome, nice thing that made scary. <laughs> yes. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's funny. Like uh, when the dad who died visited uh, Nancy and like flew in and it was like, ooh flying in to like say goodbye to her and then really was freddy krueger yeah and that was scary
1: or maybe it was like both
2: i don't know what that was it was weird
1: um yeah so the movie is fast paced the movie goes by at a a brisk pace i think it's really beneficial because it just basically focuses on being entertaining they know they're making a campy movie they're they're not going to try to build it up into something more than it is um so that was it nightmare on elm
2: street the third dream warriors what do you what do you think Derek?
1: I think that this is the best movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, as far as I've seen. It's campy, but it doesn't go. Later movies, I've seen clips of them, and they go over the line of just being stupid. That's what I—I I feel like I've
0: seen stuff like that too, where I'm like, okay, got it. They're you know, so like, gonzo. Not gonna and not gonna spend time on. There's this.
1: one-liners, and you're like, this is dumb. Yeah. this movie walks the line of Freddy Krueger is funny, but he's more scary than funny. Yes. And the effects look good. The first the original film has a better story, but the effects look kind of hokey because it was so low budget. Yeah. I think this one is just as good as the original, if not hmm. better, just because it's it's really well executed. I think, you know, it's not the scariest horror movie, but it's a no. great Halloween movie. It's got a it's got a good vibe to it, and it it doesn't go on for too long. It doesn't drag its feet. It never really gets boring yeah never gets too boring you don't really
0: lose you can't really lose with this movie you know and if you're looking for that kind of thing it's not really it doesn't really fail on much you know yeah like you said it might not be the greatest whatever but yeah succeeds at what it was so judging it as a
1: horror film i think it is top tier if you like horror movies you owe it to yourself to watch dream warriors you won't be disappointed i'm gonna give it four popcorn shakes out of five and that's judging it as a horror film. You know, if you're like yeah. uh, you like dramas and comedies and you hate horror, you're not going to think this is a four star movie. No. Yeah. But if you like campy horror films, this is going to be one of the better ones you can find. And that's how I'm judging it.
0: Um. Yeah, I agree with what you said about they found the right balance in this movie of him being funny and terrifying. I've said it a million times on here. I love stuff that can walk that line of like, you're kind of laughing at it, but it's actually really fucking serious too. You know what I mean? Like you find that, if you could find that perfect balance, I love that shit. But go too far in any one direction, it's going to ruin it. I I know what you're saying. I haven't seen any more movies in this franchise. I've always seen, you know, scenes here and there on TV, clips here or there. And yeah, it almost seemed like, this is like stupid. Like, like, so over the top that it's like, it just felt like junk food watching it. You know what I mean? Like the scenes I would see, it's like, this isn't something I'm going to be interested in here. They did find that perfect blend where it's kind of crazy what he's doing. You're kind of laughing, but man, this thing is no fucking joke. You know, they found that perfect blend. And and again, if they went a little as the later movies apparently do, if they go a little sillier, it's just not going to be as effective. I loved what they did with him uh, in that regard and I love the practical effect the practical effects. I love movies that can that use every it's why I, I love Return of the Jedi so much. They use like every movie magic trick. You've got like this character is a fucking puppet, this char- I love the, this 80s vibe of like using every analog trick they have in the book. So this movie does that. so I was really entertained by that. Horror is still not my thing. So that brings it down. That's just not my thing. Every now and then, there's something that does it really amazing. Like I said, but um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a solid three. I I really really enjoyed the execution of everything. I think it was so good. And uh, I, yeah, like you said, I, I don't think you can. You know, I don't know. I don't think you can really go wrong with it. If you if you want to watch a horror movie, 80s horror movie especially, this is a great pick. Like I think you'll I think you'll dig it.
2: Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said, Rocco. Like, horror is not my thing at all, but I can recognize that this was fun. Yeah. You know, I if I was going to pop one in during Halloween, this is going to be a top. Yeah, contender. I, I would pop this in for sure. Yeah. I'll also give it a three. But, I mean, again, if you're a horror fan, I can see this being a five for you. Like, you probably yeah. love this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think, uh, uh, Mariel, this is like maybe her favorite movie. Really? Like, she has talked really? To, uh, She had told me about it in years past. She's just like, I love dreamlike shit. It's got that. It's got the, again, Angelo Battlemente soundtrack mm-hmm. that captures that 80s horror vibe, the effects in it. You know, yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, this is top shelf for you, yeah. probably. So,
2: yeah, I, I mean, think it's a pretty good score, considering when you uh, told us what it was going to be, Derek, I was like, oh, fuck. But no, I... I I enjoyed it. Yeah, so.
0: I, I, I again, I had heard about this one enough that I was like, I bet it's going to be at least fun to watch. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know what I'll think of it, but yeah, I ended up enjoying
2: it. Um, nice. My pick for next time, I'm making up right now here on the fly because I thought I had a movie picked out, but I'm going to change it up. Okay. There was a, it's another uh, spooky movie, and it's a movie that I've seen maybe one time, and I was very little, and I couldn't watch the end because I was too scared. Oh, so, sure. we're gonna go back, and you're not gonna believe this when I tell you, you're gonna be so scared, Rocco. We're gonna watch uh, The Poltergeist because I've never really seen that movie because I've been too wow. scared to watch that. Wow, okay, so I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen it probably several times. Nice, I have not, so let's. I it. have seen it, I think you're gonna like it.
1: We'll see, and it was ghost directed by Steven Spielberg. I've heard
0: that rumor. There's, there's conspiracies about it, by the way, though. Let's talk about that on that episode, but don't tweet about it. I, I have done that before, and there are people who just search Twitter all day to reply to people about their conspiracy. Uh, like that it sounds was... like
2: someone that would be fun to be around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's how ha- I'm just saying, that's happened. <laughs> Cautionary tale. Okay. We'll talk more about that on the next episode.
1: All right. So we're going to do a classic horror film again for Halloween, Poltergeist. Watch it. Come back. See you. We thought about it. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.